May I speak in the name of the God who lives, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. From our Gospel reading today, Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you find him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. Almost all that we are familiar with through carol services and carols, which of course, at least on Classic FM, began in mid-October, all of that, almost without exception, comes from the Gospel according to St. Luke. St. Luke records the Annunciation, the visitation with the Magnificat, the journey to Bethlehem and the census, the no room in the inn, in Luke's inn, the birth of Christ in a manger, the journey of the shepherds, all of that is Luke. St. Matthew offers a very different picture and from its almost frightening nature, we see why so little is made of it perhaps during Christmas, at least until today. Matthew will not be sentimentalized. Yes, there are angels, but the angels are there to warn. Luke, of course, mentions Caesar Augustus, Octavian, the very long-lived Roman emperor who brought peace to most, at least, of his empire. But Matthew begins with the rather less benign figure of King Herod. King Herod was a um, puppet king of the Romans. He was given some authority within some very strictly defined limits to administer the kingdom, really to save people like Pontius Pilate any problems. They had little authority. King Herod had uh, quite a long reign. Um, he began reigning at the behest of the Romans at 27 BC. And then, I need my notes for this, and stopped when he died at 4 BC, which immediately caused a little problem. The birth of Jesus was either four years earlier than we thought, or it's a different Herod, because Herod divided his kingdom amongst his four ne'er-do-well children, three girls and a boy, and there was Herod II, and then Herod Antipater, the Herod who ruled in place of his father. It was one of those Herods, that's as much as we can say. Herod the Great rebuilt the temple, and you can still see in Jerusalem, and I hope I will see, the enormous stones of beautiful, beautiful dressed lime that he put in the 
um, foundation of the temple. The Wailing Wall, so-called, is the remaining wall of the temple that Herod built. So, the story of the Magi brings in power politics and a profound abuse of power at the birth of Christ. We're in the midst of a frightening and violent regime with no apparent constraints and the constant threat of worse from the Romans. We're at a time of forced migration and terrible state violence. And it's into this that the wise men journey. Now there's a novel from the 1950s by the Roman Catholic novelist Evelyn Waugh called Helena. And it's his sort of, it's his only historical novel. It's a lot better than Brideshead Revisited. It's his only historical novel. And he tells the story of Helena of Constantinople, um, who was the mother of Constantine, proclaimed emperor in York, and then um, became Christian at possibly the Battle of the Milvian Bridge or possibly later. War sets his novel amidst these events. Helena was a profoundly committed Christian, and when her son came to power, she then looked for the sites of Bethlehem, of the um, crucifixion, of the resurrection, in an attempt to make them into places of pilgrimage. And indeed, the first ever church that was built as a church was built uh, as a public church, was built in Bethlehem by Queen Helena, and there it stands still. Helena obsessively tried to identify all the places mentioned in the Gospels, and with some she was right, and with some, well, who knows. But she believed she'd found the place that the high, the Magi met Herod. She was hunting around for possible relics. Cologne Cathedral believes it has the relics that she found, and it possibly does, but whether they're the relics of the Magi, well, um, I suppose they might be. Helena kneels in prayer at this place where she truly believes the Magi met Herod. And this is her meditative prayer. Like me, she says, she says to the Magi, like me you were late in coming. The shepherds were here long before. And for you, the discipline of the heavens was relaxed and a defiant new light appeared. How laboriously you came. 
taking sights and calculating where the heavens had run barefoot. How odd you looked with your preposterous gifts for a child. I think Helena gets actually some of the oddness of the Magi. They come as astronomers and as astrologers. They take a very long time to come. Uh, as Helena sees it, they're not people who, who are light packers. They bring camels and camels and camels full of their impedimenta. And they arrive uncertainly late and go to the wrong place. Um, then they make a courtesy call, as Helena sees it, on King Herod, setting off his paranoia and deceit. This is how Helena describes it. There was a deadly exchange of compliments which began that unended war of magistrates and mobs against the innocent. A deadly exchange of compliments which began that unending war. Helena, of course, is praying after most of the Roman persecutions of Christians. And she's vividly aware both of her son's power and potential violence and of the fragility of the Christian faith and how many of her forebears were martyred by people such as her son. So Helena sees the arrival of the Magi as the beginning of persecution and violence against the Christian faith and against the innocent. Evelyn Waugh then commented on what he'd written, and he said one cynical thing and one rather good thing. He said rather cynically that the Magi are the patron saints of those who are chronically late for every appointment. Uh, may the Magi pray for me. And then... He said, they're the patron saints of those who through politeness make themselves partners in guilt. Of those who through politeness make themselves partners in guilt. Of those who, in order to keep things flowing and not be awkward and avoid any embarrassment, simply don't raise an issue that is causing terrible harm to others. So, as Helena in the novel sees it, Epiphany is a feast with hard and bitter lessons for Christians. It invites us to be alert to the constant temptation to collude with violence to avoid things that are difficult, to allow our embarrassment to overwhelm our faith. As she sees it, seeking Christ 
seeking the word made flesh always means confrontation with evil. And she doesn't want to lift the Magi out of all of this into a sort of sentimental world of gold, frankincense and myrrh, true though those gifts were. She wants us to enter with the Magi into the violence of the birth of Christ and the impending murder of children and see that it is this world, this world of violence, that our Saviour redeems. So I commend the book to you, Helena by Evelyn Waugh, but I commend to you much more Evelyn Waugh's discernment of the Feast of Epiphany. Amidst the worship, we greet a Saviour who redeems us from violence.